Hello there, and welcome to The Detailing Mind. I'm your host, Jason. Today on the synopsis, we are going to jump back into metal and my critique of another metal band. As it's become painfully obvious by now is that I'm a big metalhead. It's uh, my favorite genre. And so for this year, I thought it would be a great idea to um, run through another metal band that that I like. Um, this uh, this uh, album, their first album, is, is surprisingly short compared to some of their other ones. Um, so I will spend a little bit more time discussing a little bit of, about the background of the band, as well as some reservations. Um, so uh, we'll get into it. Um, as of right now, this band is still, I guess, de facto my favorite band. Um, I'm not quite sure where I stand on them right now, um, but this band is called Iced Earth. They were originally formed in 1984 as The Rose, and then that naming convention only lasted until 1985, and then at which point it was rebranded as Purgatory, and then that name lasted until 1988, when it was finally rebranded again as Iced Earth in 1989 and then the subsequent year in 1990 the band finally came out with their their first their debut album it's a self-titled album Iced Earth Um, and the very first song is Iced Earth so you know very original uh, um, naming conventions right there Um, but uh that's a little bit of the background of just the naming conventions and kind of like the, the, the very brief history of Iced Earth. Um, now, as I mentioned, I'm still kind of debating whether I want this, you know, what, whether I wanted to do this synopsis on the discography of uh, um, Iced Earth. Um, and I, I'm still kind of undecided whether I should consider continuing to call um, Ice Earth my favorite band. And that's mainly because the front man and kind of founder, um, kind of like just the, the figurehead of the band, John Schaefer, is uh, currently uh, on trial for his participation in the January 6th uh, insurrection attempt back in 2021. Um He's turned out to be quite the uh, right-wing, ultra-conservative meathead, um, and um, as of right now, I'm still considering the band my favorite band, and I, as you can obviously tell, am deciding to go through and uh, do a synopsis on all their songs, all their albums, because at the end of the day... I came to the conclusion that I cannot hold Iced Earth as a band, really its own entity. Um, I cannot hold it or its other band members in the same disdain that I hold for uh, John Schaefer. And so, um, 
I figured that I'd kind of keep on keeping on with it and, uh, you know, let the pieces fall where they may because I just, you know, I, I cannot, like I said, um, I, I cannot, um, give the, uh, the guilty verdict to the band or the other band members for something that Schaefer did as an individual. So, um, for that reason, I'm going to actually do the uh, synopsis of Iced Earth from album to album, song to song, um, and, uh, I'll pay homage to him in that way, because, like it or not, Iced Earth is a band that I do really like, it's, they have been my favorite band for a long time now, and, uh, they do help shape my musical tastes, and in some fashion, I guess, you know, in some aspects, I guess they do shape kind of my, my thoughts and, and uh, how I perceive the world and, and my worldview. Uh, to some extent, not much, um, as much as any kind of music would, I guess, but uh, um, I still think that it, it, they have some pretty good songs with lyrical content to them. So uh, that's kind of the background behind uh, Iced Earth and kind of my hesitation uh, to kind of, you know, do a series on them this year, or any year. Um, so with that being said, uh, let's kind of jump right into some of the uh, the basics about uh, Iced Earth and their first album, Iced Earth. Um, the album Iced Earth came out in November of uh, 1990. And it came out by Century Media. They do have quite the lineup. There's five band members. Uh, Gene Adam on vocals. Randall Shaver on lead guitar. John Schaefer on rhythm guitar and backing vocals. Dave Abel on bass. And Mike McGill on the drums. Uh, looking in through the uh, kind of the notes, um, it looks like that uh, the, all the lyrics were written by Schaefer, except for Adams on uh, written on the walls. Likewise, all music is also written by Schaefer, except where everyone contributed on uh, written on the walls. So it seems like a lot of the at least on this first album, a lot of the, uh, the musical and lyrical, um, um, ideas are, are kind of laid out by Schaefer. Um, so let's hope that the, uh, the, the next few, uh, uh, albums in their discography will not share the same, uh, uh, pattern. Cause I do think it's important for all band members in a band to be able to contribute to the music, whether it's, you know, the, the instrument, uh, writing the instrument pieces themselves or the lyrics or some combo thereof. Um, so that's kind of what I'm hoping for, for, uh, su- subsequent, uh, albums. So we'll see if that is actually the case, but, uh, for now let's focus on their debut album, Ice Earth. So, their first song on the album, once again, is a self-titled song called Iced Earth. 
and it kind of comes off as um, being about some evil one or dark despot. I'm not quite sure if it's supposed to uh, um, I don't know represent like like I said the evil one or like the devil or some sort of other name convention that's supposed to represent a devil or a demon or if it's just supposed to be some sort of uh, naming convention that they use to kind of uh, represent some uh, despotic authoritarian uh, ruler uh, but either way they're the song is, you know, based off the lyrics, is about uh, some authoritarian ruler, whether nat- natural man or supernatural being, uh, ruling over the desolate remains of humanity. So it sounds like this could be like a post-apocalyptic uh, world, and whatever remains of the human race is now being subjugated by some authoritarian ruler. Um, and they kind of paint the scene as like the the world kind of being like a, a desolate, uh, cold, ruinous remain, you know, kind of like living up in the, the tundra up in, in the Arctic, you know, that, you know, it could be kind of hinting at like a, a nuclear winter type of a scenario, given that it's 1990 and uh, the threat of nuclear war with between the United States and the Soviet Union was still on the back burner in, in everybody's mind, so... Um, I think that's kind of where the uh, the lyrical context context is going on this is that uh, you know some post-apocalyptic uh, nuclear winter environment has taken over uh, the earth and what remains of humanity uh, are now being uh, ruled and, and uh, enslaved by some authoritarian ruler um, I give this song a one um, I think that the music itself is really good, you know, just a really awesome, you know, hard and heavy gallop that uh, we will come to see as like kind of like the uh, uh, the pin in Iced Earth's music, you know, they, they have a really great metal um, just gallop to them in their music, you know hard and heavy, but also at the same time can also be melodic and, and soothing, uh, depending on what they're trying to convey. Um, but the reason why I give this song a one is because of the lyrics. I think the lyrics, just in and of themselves, even though it might be a, a pretty decent concept, uh, that's, it's, tends, or that seems to be the, uh, <coughs> the favorite in, um, American media right now is like post-apocalyptic uh, hellscapes, you know, Mad Max, The Walking Dead, you know, that seems to be on the minds of, uh, of a lot of people, a lot of producers that are uh, coming up with new content for us, you know, to be entertained by, is this idea of some sort of post-apocalyptic uh, hellscape that has kind of uh, been ushered in on Earth and that humanity is now eking for survival as societies collapse and civilizations collapse. So, um, I think, uh, you know, I think that the, the, the topic is a good idea. I just think that the lyrics themselves were, were uh, executed poorly. And I think the vocals 
the actual like sound, the, the vocal sound uh, of the, uh, the the singer is not the greatest. And when I kind of go through and do um, my overall synopsis or critique of the album as a whole, I'll kind of get into this a little bit deeper. Um, but uh, um, that's kind of my thoughts on Iced Earth. I think that uh, I think it's you know the the music is really great. You know if they turned this song into an instrumental, it would be great. Um, but they didn't. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, I think that uh, the lyrics really bring it down, both in the, uh, the 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 lyrics themselves. The, context or the content of them, the quality of them, as well as the quality of the vocals of the, uh, the singer in, in singing these lyrics. Moving on to the second song, Written on the Walls. From my perspective, my interpretation of it is the horror of the, of the biblical Armageddon coming to pass. And basically, on top of that, um, the whoever this person is that is being represented in this song is kind of coming to grips that you know they should have saw the signs you know because all the warnings all the prophecies were quote unquote written on the walls and so not only is it about a uh, um, the biblical Armageddon coming to pass but it's also somebody that's kind of going through it you know being horrified by its events, but also being um, um, sad and remorseful that they didn't uh, uh, they didn't listen to the prophecies, they didn't listen to the religious uh, uh, dogma that uh, you know, warned them that this was coming um, I rank this song a one uh, once again, I think the music is really, really good but when you start to apply the lyrics, both the quality of the, 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 the lyrics themselves, as well as the quality of the vocals done by, sung by the singer, as well as um, the topic, I'm going to say, the lyrical theme or topic, that is the biblical Armageddon and uh, uh, kind of this remorse by the... Uh, the voice of the character who is being represented in this this narrative, uh, I think it's very poor, very stereotypical, you know. Uh, and I kind of mentioned this too about some of the uh, the you know early songs done by Metallica on Kill 'Em All or Ride the Lightning, where it's just like you know, this is the stereotypical kind of material that was released by metal bands of that time. Uh, executed in a varying degree of success. I think sometimes they do it very well, like uh, Metallica's Creeping Death. Um, but also, there are plenty more examples where it's just done very horribly. In the case of Written on the Walls, uh, that's kind of, kind of the case, you know? Not kind of, but very much so the case. I think it's just poorly done. Um, so, another song, you know, right off the bat, written on the walls, one. 
So we're not looking too good right now starting off for Easter. And in all honesty, uh, this is actually the first time I went through and listened to this album. Uh, I've, you know, being a fan of, of Iced Earth for over a decade now, probably since uh, 2005, I want to say, is when I really started getting into them. Maybe 2004 in, in, the, in the fall, but definitely by 2005. Um, in all honesty, this is the first time I sat down and listened to their debut album because I had heard that the, the vocals were not the greatest um, and kind of like a, a spoiler alert they do change vocalists pretty frequently almost kind of like how Metallica changes uh, bassists so um, from my perspective every band has it seems like every single band that's a, a metal band kind of has one of the band members that's kind of always on a cycle through uh, rinse and repeat type of thing you know for Metallica, it is uh, um, it's the bassist uh, for Iced Earth. You'll see it's going to be the uh, um, the vocalist for Megadeth, which I'm hoping to do in 2025. Uh, for them, I think it's the drummer, uh, and then in later years, it's practically everybody who isn't the, the front man. Know, so that's kind of something that we'll see later on in the uh, uh, in the Iced Earth albums is that the, the kind of one uh, reoccurring band member is John Schaefer, kind of the founder frontman of the band, and so he will kind of replace basically the whole band around him just to kind of keep going and doing his thing because in the end he sees Iced Earth as his pet project. Kind of the same thing with, with Dave Mustaine and Megadeth. You start to see how in these more, more, more recent years, the whole lineup changes, and the only one that's consistent is Dave. You know, uh, So far, Metallica hasn't done that. The, the, the core three have always been there. Um, but that seems to be kind of the uh, recurring theme now is um, for most of the band of these metal bands' life, there's only there's always one position that's always kind of being replaced, but in, in, the, in the most recent years here, or maybe the decade or so, it's the whole band that kind of gets a, a facelift except for the front man or, or uh, the core guy that remains. So um, anyway, back to the uh, the music. Um, the third song on the album is the song Colors, and it's uh, the song is about. Um, being caught in a fatal uh, experience or, or ending while commuting home through an urban area. So um, this was, like I said, uh, this came out in the in the in 1990. Um, it was originally started recording in the early 90s, maybe the late 1989 era. At this point, New York City was a very very rough place to uh, commute. On public transit around and through there are a lot of muggings there are a lot of uh, deaths you know from uh, gang violence and so this is really what this song is about um, it's about the experience of somebody that the fear while they're walking to and from some of the uh, public transit uh, stations uh, the, the fear that's starting to build in them as they uh, 
recognize some gang members kind of out and about and starting to glance their way towards this person. As the song progresses, progresses we find out that uh, these band members are starting to kind of encircle this person, target them as their next victim, and then towards the end of the song, we find out it's got fatal endings for this uh, commuter. And he ends up being another statistic in the violent crime that leads to fatalities. And kind of, we kind of get introduced to this this uh, character's uh, last thoughts as he still slowly bleeds out. Um, how I rank this song, I rank it a one. Um, and this is kind of going back to some of the other uh, issues with the, the other two songs previously. Once again, the music, you know. If you made this instrumental and just had it be the drums, the bass, and the guitars just, you know, uh, playing the, the scenario and letting us paint our own picture using just the music, I think it would be a great song. But when you add in um, the lyrics, you add in the horrible vocals by the singer, and then you add in the fact that it's kind of the stereotypical uh, uh, writing style that you see of most uh, um, that you see of most uh, uh, metal bands from the '80s and, and early '90s, that whole era of metal music, and it doesn't take much to realize that uh, it's just really poor writing, you know. The the lyrics are, are poorly crafted. Uh, the singing, the vocals by the singer are just horrible. Um, so that's really what drops it down to a one for me. Is I, I cannot get past the, the poor writing, the poor vocals of this song. Even if the topic you know, is a decent one. I, I'm not saying this is a bad topic. I mean, it, it's something that should be uh, explored and talked about. You know, just poorly executed, poorly written, um, over around a, a poor uh, attempt at, uh, at addressing this topic that was very prevalent at that time. I don't think it's that much of a big deal anymore. I've been, you know, around New York City now uh, in the 2010s, you know, a couple decades later, and, you know, there's always going to be violent crime in larger cities, but at the end of the day, you know, nowhere as bad as it, as it once was, you know. So this, so I do appreciate that you know, the song and, and the original context at which it was written in terms of that time period, but at the same token, I, I just don't think it was poorly executed. So that's why I rank this song a one. Um, and to be honest, at this point, three ones in a row, I was thinking to myself, do I really want to keep going with this? You know, there's still another five songs. Do I really, really, really want to keep torturing myself with the lyrics, the vocals, um, just at the expense of maybe listening to some good riffs, you know, and some good music, if I could drown out the vocals and just make them instrumentals in my mind, but I persisted, and 
to be honest, the songs do get better. Uh, the next song up, number four, is Curse the Sky. And it's really about uh, somebody uh, reaching their breaking point due to life's woes. And then just kind of lashing out. Um, given the, the background of John Schaefer, especially in light of who he is in the present, um, I do think that this might be his way of kind of uh, rebranding the story of Job from the Bible where basically there's a wager between God and the devil. God allows the devil to do anything and everything besides kill Job so that uh, basically it's a popularity contest just to show that uh, Job will not forsake and and, uh, decry God and still believe in him and still uh, worship him. And basically, uh, the devil goes through and just uh, destroys Job's life, you know. Destroys his wealth, destroys his family, destroys anything in his health, anything and everything about him. He's basically, but he cannot die, you know. So he keeps him alive, but he puts him through hell, basically. Um, And at the end of it, when Job reaches his breaking point, he starts lashing out and, and... basically cursing the sky saying why is this happening to me what is going on why you know um and so that's really what the song is about maybe not necessarily Schaefer's retelling of the uh parable of of Job from the Bible but (coughs) it's definitely strikingly similar to it so I think that uh this might be a song that is uh Schaefer's version of the story of Job, but maybe not necessarily uh, um, directly about Job or directly influenced by Job. Um, but I think what it, at the, at the very least, what it does, what it is about, what it is influenced by, is the everyday struggles that uh, that we will experience. You know, and you know, it kind of there, there's a bunch of sayings. You know, like when you know. When it rains, it pours, or, you know, when someone's down, you, you know, it seems like you, you get kicked more. Kind of implying that uh, when bad things happen to you, more and more just always seem to uh, um, follow, you know. It's like a whole stream and not just a drop or two, you know. It's not some isolated events here or there. It could be a whole laundry list of, of uh, uh, sequential Situations that just kind of drop on you to, to uh, you know, put your life into some kind of ruin, you know, um, and so that's really I think what the song is about. It's about how, you know, we as humans we go through struggles in life, and it seems like certain aspects or certain phases of our life we go through these these trials and tribulations that. Um, kind of bring us down to the core that reduce us to our our lowest point to where the only thing we can do is just look up in the sky you know and curse whatever higher power we think is up there or even if we don't think there is one at all but just kind of look upwards and just kind of be like what the hell guys you know what the hell is going on you know um and so i think that's kind of a, a profound i do think it's a profound uh 
idea. It's a, a profound topic to, topic to talk about because I think everybody in their life that's, I'd say, at, at the very least uh, beyond high school, you know, it's kind of struck out on their own. But even in, in you know, in high school or, uh, age too, or middle school, I, I do think that there are situations in life that everybody has come across that have basically, that have really challenged them and really made them, you know, stop and curse and lash out and be like, what the hell, you know, what did I do to deserve this, you know? Um, so, that's what I think the song is about. I rank this song a three because... Um, despite the vocals, I do think that, uh, the vocalist does a better job of singing in this song. There are still some, um, remnants of the horrible vocals that I heard in, in the first three songs on the album, but I honestly, I think that in this particular song, what remnants do reappear I think actually kind of play into the song and actually contribute to the song. So it's kind of one of those things where a broken clock is is always right twice a day. So with that whole saying in mind, I do think that this guy's vocals is right twice an album. Uh, And this is one of those times. I think that it, 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 it fits into the song. I do think that it's at a subdued level compared to the other th- first three songs. And I rank this song a three. I do like it. You know, it's uh, it's good. You know, it's really good. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, hence why it's not ranked a four. But uh, it's definitely a good song. I, I will not turn the channel. I will, I'll groove out to it. Uh, if I hear it on the radio, or if it comes up randomly on my playlist. Uh, fifth song on the album is a song, Life and Death. And I, I guess my takeaway from it is kind of how things are cyclical, or at, at the very least, uh, um, there is this kind of sense that you know, doomed to a form of destiny, and really, it, it, the, the lyrics kind of come off as, uh, as being about somebody who entered life in some form of anguish, you know, and kind of went through anguish and, and hatred and all these other negative emotions, being raised in that environment as they grew into a young adult, and then, for whatever reason, whether internal or external reasons, continue living in a life of anguish through his adult years and then that whole streak continued into his to his elderly his senior years and then uh, basically on his deathbed recollecting how his life has been nothing but anguish and misery and then kind of holding this attitude towards whatever death will bring that he lived life in anguish and misery and now is expecting the afterlife, whatever comes next, to be the same. Misery and uh, pain and anguish. Um, I rank this song a two. I'm kind of neutral about it. Um, once again, the music, just like in every other song, 
on this album. It, it's really good. You know, uh, it would make a great instrumental uh, if you if you remove the, the lyrics. When it comes to the lyrics themselves, the once again the the lyrics the the vocals sung, as sung by the singer and the band. You know, they aren't the best. You know, but they also aren't the worst, like the first three songs in this album. So he, he's kind of figured out how to improve his vocals a little bit to make it kind of fit. The only thing that's really making this song a, a, a ranking of two, according to my opinion, is that um, I think the lyrics, though the topic is a good topic, um, I think the lyrics were, were kind of written out and executed in a very poor manner. So that's really what's holding it back, is just how they chose to write the lyrics. I think they could have done a better job of it. Um, but it is what it is. And so I ranked the song a two. I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Um, I don't just like the song, but I also don't like it. Uh, I it's got some work. It needs to, it needs some uh, tender, loving care to kind of get it back up and, and uh, revitalize. But at the same token, uh, you know, it's not the worst thing, obviously, as, as indicated by the first three songs. Next up on the list is the sixth song on the album. It is the instrumental Solitude. It's a very short one. It's only like two and a half minutes long. But listening to it, I listened to it like two or three times, and even though it's short and sweet, kind of kind of reminiscent of kind of the short, sweet uh, um, instrumental that Metallica did on Kill em All, the anesthesia pulling teeth, uh, but at the polar opposite end of the emotional uh, ties that it, that it hopes to invoke. And when it comes to a solitude, I think it does a very great job, that the music does a really great job of invoking the serenity found in solitude. You know, like, it could be the, the uh, if you're playing a video game, or if you're watching a TV show or a movie, it could be like the, uh, the background music for uh, Superman's Fortress of Solitude, you know? That, that's kind of how, how nice it is, you know? It's very soothing kind of gives you that, it leaves you in that, that serene state of mind where like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in my little nook of, of uh, quietness, kind of away from the, uh, the scramble of life, you know, and so it's, it's really masterfully done. I think that uh, Schaefer did a really good job of writing this and kind of invoking those emotional uh, connections that we have to the feeling of of solitude and kind of the serenity that it can bring our, ourselves, you know, when we kind of are able to, uh, you know, scamper away from the, uh, the craziness of, of, uh, everyday life. So, uh, definitely a good song. Like I said, I, I ranked the instrumental a three. Um, it's not my favorite, but I do really like it. I think it'd probably rank a little bit higher if it was a little bit longer, but uh, um, that being said, I do still think that it's a really good song, uh, instrumental, just not my favorite, or it doesn't qualify as being one of my favorites. Um, the seventh song on the album 
is also an instrumental. So this is a very quick and easy album, if you will, to kind of go through and, and come up with a synopsis of it. Um, two instrumentals out of eight possible songs. So it's a very, uh, you know, it kind of feels like an incomplete album, if you will. But uh, the seventh song, this second instrumental, is called The Funeral. And it kind of reminds me of To Live Is To Die, my Metallica, because it's an instrumental, but it does have a poem written in there. Uh, and I do think that the poem is really, really great. Um, once again, the music is is, is uh, done very well. It, it invokes um, the feelings of grief and loss of a loved one. While the poem that's included halfway through the uh, instrumental provides a sense of solace that through death, yeah, we find peace from the struggles in life. And so it, it's, it's kind of like a, a bittersweet, you know, kind of, in my opinion, kind of leaves a bittersweet taste, you know. Uh, bitter in that, you know, the grief of losing that loved one. But the sweetness in that now we know that this loved one will no longer have to deal with the struggles that they've had to struggle with in life, you know. Um, they'll find ultimate peace in death because, you know, it's where you finally get to lay to rest. No longer, you know, struggling to basically just survive, you know. Um, I rank this song a four because, like I said, in, in my opinion, it it kind of reflects that which you see from Metallica's Two Limits to Die. Um, the music is spot on, really invokes feelings of emotion when it pertains to grief, loss, sorrow, stuff like that. Um, and it also, um, the, the poem that is written, it, it's a very profound yet simple um, poem that's read, you know, it just kind of invoking the idea that, you know, um, though we grieve for the loss, we recognize that death has brought them, a, 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 you know, peace. So that's also, you know, something that I find to be very profound and moving, you know, because we've all lost somebody, you know, uh, we've all lost a, a very close loved one, and, you know, the grief that we have to deal with sometimes can be remedied by realizing that, uh, you know, hopefully they're in a better place. They're, they're no longer dealing with the struggles in life that, uh, you know, led to them departing this earth, in many cases, prematurely. So, um, definitely a really good song, I would say. A good instrumental, a good poem. It's not too terribly long, I'd say, I'd say it's like six or seven minutes, um, so definitely, you know, check it out, like I said, it reminds me a lot of To Live Is To Die, um, so, uh, yeah, definitely right now, my favorite song on the album, hitting the number four, and then lastly, the last song, it's called When The Night Falls, um, it's called, and basically what it's, um, it's about accepting your damned fate as your life fades away. Uh, and, and basically, you know, the kind of the caveat or the kind of the side note to this is that, 
not only are you accepting the, your fate, however damned it may be, but you know, kind of going forth towards that fate with your chin up, you know, and uh, I guess proud of, about yourself for not, you know, wavering in any way, to not allowing others to uh, um, diminish you in any sense, you know, and make you be or think or act in any way that's contrary to who you actually are, you know, um, so kind of like a standing tall and, you know, kind of riding, uh, that horse into the, uh, the sunset, if you will, um, metaphorically speaking, I guess, but, uh, I rank the song a three because I do think once again that, uh, the lyrics were better done, the vocals were sung at a, a better, uh, you know, with, with, with better range than what was previously uh, in the first three uh, songs on this album. So uh, definitely the vocals improved, the lyrics improved. Uh, I do like the, uh, the context of the, the, the lyrics themselves, the theme of it, if I would say. Um, I also obviously like the music. Once again, every single one of these songs, the music, you know, the, the guitar riffs, the bass, the drum, it, it's all just spot on. You know, it's, it is definitely heavy metal at its best. Uh, and as I've been saying over and over again, those first three songs, you know, half of the songs that have lyrics to them, it's just the lyrics that are horrible. That's it. Um, the vocals and the lyrics, you know, and for, and for those two reasons, that's why I, I have to uh, list a lot of these as being very low. But this song, I give it a three. I do think that they were able to kind of like... Uh, um, buff out some of the, the rough edges of this guy's vocal uh, his his vocalist uh, vibe if you will and his uh, contributions with using vocals uh, as well as they were able to kind of polish off some of their uh, lyrical writing skills to make the themes that they're talking about sound a little bit more uh, you know reasonable I guess or just sound better in general. So, um, I am glad that they were able to, uh, kind of round out the, the second half of this album in a better way than when they, they started it. So, who knows? Maybe they take a little bit of a break between the first half and the second half. Um, able to regroup and rethink some stuff. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but it seems like there's a, a, a significant difference between the first three songs and the last three songs that have lyrics. So, um, that kind of rounds out my uh, critique or my synopsis of the songs as, as each individual. Overall, as an album, my critique is it's a 2.25, just slightly above, you know, 50-50. Um, basically, the music and the, what I, what I like about it is that the music, obviously, and the, the two instrumentals, um, they can be thrashy, yet melodic, they can be heavy, yet, you know, more soothing, so it kind of shows their wide range of abilities to create music that really tugs on our emotions, whether they're 
dark and foreboding or, you know, cheerful and uh, solaced, you know. Um, so they do a good job there. And really, it's their saving grace of this album. Uh, really. that That's really the saving grace of this album. It would be probably below a, a 2.0 if it wasn't for a couple of these songs and for these two instrumentals. Um, so they, they were able to salvage it and get it to just a, a you know, 2.0 or C average, basically. They got a C plus. Good job, guys. You know, um, I guess that's not too terribly bad for their uh, debut album. Um, when it comes to their vocals, here's where I was going to do an overall uh, critique of the vocals. Um, it, sound, it, it sounds, it sounds, it honestly sounds like the the lead singer is trying to sound like Ronnie James Dio from from the band Dio, um, but just not doing it very well. You know, he's trying to sound like him to kind of to draw that comparison for potential fans to kind of be attracted to the band. But he's also trying to add his own unique sound to, to blend into it. And in all honesty, it just sounds like a cat screeching from from strangulation. That, that's really what his vocals sound like to me, especially in those first three songs. It sounds like a cat is just screeching from strangulation. It just, it, it almost makes my ears bleed. You know, that, That's how bad I think those, those first three songs are. You know, they just just horrible, um, so, on the other albums, where I, or the, I'm sorry, the other songs, where I ranked them a three, um, I think that the vocals are tolerable, they're okay, you know, like I said, I think they kind of refined some of the vocals, and, and, uh, kind of, uh, polished off some of the rough edges, but you can still hear it here and there, you can, you can still sound... You can hear some of his vocals kind of showing back up again, um, like they were in the first three songs. So um, I think they were trying to recorrect to, to correct this situation, uh, but I think you know the damage was done on those first three songs. It made it very difficult to listen to. Um, and like, likewise, the, the, the lyrical themes or topics, they start off as covering stereotypical themes for metal bands, as I mentioned right from the get-go. And then later on in the album, they do improve, and they start developing more of a tolerable or quote-unquote okay or C-average, you know, hence the 2.0 um, execution when it comes to, you know, writing lyrics for these kind of themes. So they, they, they definitely have um, some work that needs to be done, that's for sure. So um, hopefully their next album will be a little bit better. Uh, I'm not going to hint at what was done to remedy some of the failures, from my opinion, from this debut album, but uh, they're... Uh, there, there was definitely some some uh, different. There's some changes, some lineup changes that were in the works for their second album in 1991. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 what I got right now uh, for for their debut album, Iced Earth. I rank it a 2.25. I think if you separate the lyrics and the vocals by the singer from the rest of the music, 
you'll have two completely different grades for this album. Um, so it's definitely um, it's definitely a night and day thing. Now the other thing I was thinking about doing too is uh, maybe towards the December, once I do finish up with their whole discography, run back in there and re-listen to each of these albums, but remastered with their uh, current uh, vocalist at the time. I can't remember who it was uh, when they went through and did the remastered uh, um, versions of some of these original albums, i.e. Iced Earth. Um, so that might be something I might do, as I might go back in and re-listen to the remastered versions of these uh, these uh, first few albums and see if my ranking of them changes because they get a new singer. You know, may, maybe some of these lyrical themes, maybe some of the ways that they come up with the lyrics are much more tolerable for me, given that the vocalist and their singing uh, style is different. So that might be something I can entertain down the road once we get later on in this year, uh, towards the end of my uh, synopsis of Iced Earth. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this uh, debut critique of Iced Earth. And uh, tune in next month when I'll bring you the second installment of Iced Earth's discography. And that one is titled Night of the Storm Rider. Um, it does kick off one thing that I do like about Iced Earth. But I'll talk about that uh, next month when I start uh, diving into their second album. Uh, until then, I hope you have a good rest of your week. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in.